0: Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is when it starts and ends, spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're continuing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, looking at verses 5 through 7. Yeah, contagious. Contagious faith, contagious love, and contagious hope. The more real we are, the more contagious we become. How did such a powerful gospel turn idol worshipers into examples of faith? The gospel is powerful. The gospel is the most convicting and comforting truth on earth. How do you explain a group of young believers who once loved and served false gods such as Cabirus, Dionysus, and Aphrodite turning from their idols to trust the true and living God? It is interesting that the god Kabiris, I think is how you say it, was considered the martyr god who was slain and supposedly coming back to rescue the Thessalonians from evil rulers. I'm sure the new believers were excited to hear about the son of the true God who died for them and promised to return. Neither Paul, Timothy, Silas, or any other man could take credit for the impact the gospel had in the city. It was truly a God thing. It was not just the words that Paul preached, but God's convicting spirit who opened the eyes and hearts of these searching idol worshippers. It is obvious that God revealed to them their sinful condition and personal need for forgiveness from a forgiving God. He also showed them that the good news of the gospel of the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was accomplished for them so their sins could be separated from them and they would never have to be separated from God. Amen and amen. Paul, Timothy, and Silas observed this entire transformation in just three weeks of time. Although some seem to need to hear the gospel over and over a dozen times before they see their need, the Thessalonians were different. We can never put God in a box and determine ahead of time how and when he will work. We need to just pray, meet people, and tell them about Jesus. It really is that simple. Do you remember when the Holy Spirit powerfully convicted you of your sin and convinced you of the truth of the gospel? This is what God does when he draws us to himself. Stop for a second and thank God for your salvation. Really, thank God for convicting you of your sin. Thank God for convincing you of the truth that Jesus, the Son of God, died for you. Paul used the words, and in much assurance. You could also say with full conviction. When the word much is used, it implies an inexhaustible source. We can be fully assured, completely convinced, and entirely persuaded that we are sinners and God sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins and to make a way for us to be forgiven and live with God forever. I'm fully aware that I am a sinner. I'm completely assured that Jesus died for me and rose from the dead, defeating death once and for all. I am totally convinced that my sins are forgiven and I have the hope of eternal life with my Lord. Have you ever played follow the leader? Paul followed the Lord. The Thessalonians followed Paul. Believers in Macedonia and Achaia followed the Thessalonians. And as Christians, our identification with Christ brings both joy and suffering. Once we pledge Our love and loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ, we also gain an arch enemy who not only hates Christ, but everyone that believes in Christ. Our new enemy is the God-hating, self-loving devil himself. He, along with the multitudes of deceived God-haters in the world, will do everything possible to discourage, dissuade, and destroy those who follow God. Persecution and affliction are simply tools in the hands of those who refuse to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came to earth, defeated death, and is coming again. Unbelievers think that they can simply destroy us and somehow get rid of God. Then they will never be accountable to God and therefore will do away with all eternal judgment, including eternal hell. Christians are warned of the cost of trusting Christ and identifying with him Jesus suffered. Why do we think we should not? What has our Lord already told us about suffering for him? 1 John 3.13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Luke 6.22, Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company. Luke 21.17, You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. John 15.18-19, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And then 2 Timothy 3.12, Yea, And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Remember, with suffering comes unspeakable joy, a smile on your soul, a laughing spirit that can rejoice in the midst of all unimaginable affliction and rejection. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation and the joy of suffering for you. God, you are my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For you, Lord Jehovah, are my strength and my song. You also have become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, I will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Hey, I just prayed what Isaiah prayed back in Isaiah 12. I I hope that you enjoyed today's session. and, And it's just a joy to study through this book. I hope the Lord comes really, really soon. If he comes today, wonderful. It's a day that forever we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, I hope that you have a good day.